is it about working in coffee shops that kind of like motivates you and makes it enjoyable? Creative work, you need to be inspired by the stuff that's around you. And if you're looking at the same exact thing every day from the same perspective, then the creativity is stifled, in my opinion. There was a lot of people kind of rolling their eyes at that, you know, okay, it was me who was rolling his eyes. But there were a lot of people <laughs> who were like, you know, in, in the room that were kind of like looking at each other, like who at least work in that social digital field that were like, no, like that's that's not any way to build any kind of connection with your audience with these initials. That's it. That's as close as it gets. You need to get out more. You have said this in a number of ways over I the- mean, yes. No, I mean, applying <laughs> to this situation and many other situations. You can't get it off of you. No. No. It's like the herpes of craft supplies. Like you, just, it just doesn't go away. Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in a digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So we saw each other yeah, for the first time in like 14 years. Yeah. Was it weird? Yes. I, I <laughs> like driving to where we, where we met up in, uh, in Massachusetts, um, when I was on my way, I'm saying to myself, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Like, I, I like, do I start with hello? Yeah, we like, talk <laughs> like all the time, yeah. every day, but you're still saying like, what do I say to this person? Yeah. I'm going to be completely awkward. I know it's going to come out so <laughs> awkward. And I was just like, I, you know, I can't say something stupid. Like it's been 14 years since I've seen you. So I can't, I can't like that. That's a bad first impression. And so I think I opened with, Hey, <laughs> so I was playing it safe. How are you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really, um, that was a, that was a fun afternoon. So, um, first of all, the place that we picked, oh my um, goodness. That, that first of all, the town was, we need um, to talk about this town and this day extensively because, you know, I think like you, like I showed up and I was kind of like a little like nervous and like, okay, is this going to be awkward? And I think that that was kind of distracting me a little bit from the fact that like, this town was magical. West Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Everybody in our audience needs to go to this place. I mean, I go to a lot of different places. I've never been to a place like this before. It was like... I think I described it as like, it's almost like something out of a Hallmark movie or a yes, Lifetime movie. Gilmore you know, Girls it's, it's, a little bit. Okay, kind of. sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've never watched. Um, but yeah, it was this very... Um, hometown feel you know like you know had you know it just it had that very small town vibe to it with very small like we walked the the square or the around the block like twice right. and we had nowhere else to go yeah. and the only things that they have in this town are they had two coffee shops which was right. kind of weird was for like, such was... a teeny tiny town right um and a like a CD um, record. Yeah, they had they store. had like a, a music store. Yeah, yeah, they had a music store and, um, a, and a bookstore that like they had books, but they were outside. Feels like you could have just stolen them and nobody. And would there have was known. nobody there. Right. And they didn't have I, a book cop. 
No, no book club. Bookman wasn't there. Bookman was not there. It's like an ice cream man named Cone. (laughs) (laughs) And like, what do they do when it snows? I mean, this is like northern Massachusetts. It could snow in like the next week in in that area for sure because it's in the Berkshire. What do they do with the books? It's a good question. They probably move them inside, right? I mean, like there's got to have some, right? They got to have like some kind of like indoor shelving or something. We'll have to post the photo of you standing in front of the wall of outdoor books where nobody else was. It was very strange, but also very cool. But Um, I mean, we got photos out of this now too. We got really good. We got a lot of good photos. I mean, you guys have seen probably all of them at this point because we started (laughs) posting them immediately because we were so excited. It's like going to Vegas with like a pocket of cash and you're just like, I'm going to spend this very smartly over the course of a couple of hours. And it was just like in 20 minutes, I'm crapped out. And that's it. <laughs> we, we used them all. I don't know what happened to them. I had a plan. And no, we did not have a plan. Um, but we got some good photos. And Steve, you were such a good sport about just letting me take a million pictures of you <laughs> to add to the weirdness. Yeah, um, it, was, it was people were watching and staring. and Yeah, but there weren't that many people I thought that that was kind of another weird cool thing about this town is that there were people but not that many it was definitely very small towny and yeah I may have seen is it Fred Penner okay it is Fred Penner okay I may have seen Fred Penner before Steve got there (laughs) but he wasn't there to confirm it so now we'll never know but there were like random guitars in almost every every yes, shop we went to. they also had random guitars out. Like you guys just need to go to this place to see it. And hopefully you will go on a day that was as stunning as the day that we went. Yeah. Maybe start a folk band or something like that. Yes. It's definitely a town where you can easily start a folk band. Yeah. It's got a hippie feel to books. it, right? Or steel books. Yeah. Yeah. It has a very hippie, hippie kind of yeah. feel to it. So, um yeah, it was definitely, I think, the right town for us to to pick and meet up. And frankly, we were just looking for a good coffee shop. Yeah, um, that was like which, in between our two locations. I mean, if yeah. you guys listened to the last episode, it starts with me telling Steve that I was coming up there and that I was not going to see him. And that was not like an act. That was the plan was to not see you. Right. <laughs> and then I don't know what happened, <laughs> but we pulled it off. Yeah, we did. And uh, very grateful that we did. And uh, I'll uh, we'll do it again in about 14 years. Yeah, that right. sounds good. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the cool parts about getting a chance to do um, this meetup was is that since we got to hang out at a coffee shop and kind of actually work on some stuff for the pod a little bit more, you know, actually together as opposed to doing it through, you know, technology hangouts or Skype or whatever it is like it kind of had this, you know, very remote feel kind of work. And I know that that's mm. something that you do a lot of in, in, in your, um, your line of work, but it's not something I get the chance to do a lot of is, uh, actually being out of the office and working on stuff for my job. Usually everything that I do is in the office. So the only time I get the chance to leave is if I'm presenting or attending a, a conference or something like that. So, um, that was, that was a lot of fun. And you do go to coffee shops a lot. You and Rachel frequent them. Oh, I'm them, a big coffee shop fan. Yes. But you don't do work from them. No. So that's like the not big. very not not a lot. Um, 
maybe the closest I ever got was, um, this was about maybe about six, seven years ago. We had a massive snowstorm up here and, um, and the district that I was working in was the only district that was, uh, still open or at least was on a delay. Um, most every other one closed down. So my role as the PR person was I would get the call from the superintendent. Many of you who, if you grew up in the Northeast or at least grew up in an area where you might've had school counsel because of weather or not know that, you know, the announcement comes sometime between six and six thirty or something like that in the morning. So I was the guy putting the messages out there basically. So now you know the role that I played. Um, so I would get the phone call, um, around like five thirty in the morning and, you know, kind of jump over to the, to the laptop and put everything together. So I put out the two hour delay notification. I get in the car to head to work cause I want to get there early enough and, uh, get things set up. So as I'm on my way, the roads are getting progressively worse. And like I'm saying, there's no way we're staying open, but I'm just going, I'll just get to the, to the office. I'm sure they'll call us by the time I get there, I'll make the change and then I'll drive home. So the superintendent calls me on the phone as I'm on my way to the office. And he says, uh, listen, we got to close. We got to get something out to, to our, our families immediately. He's like, where are you? And I'm going, I'm on the middle of a road right now on my way in. Um, I said, he goes, well, how far away are you? I'm like, uh, with the weather being like it is probably like 20 minutes or so. And really it should have probably only taken me 10, but people were crawling. So he goes, no, it, it's got to get up there now. Is there anybody at your main office that can do this? And I'm like, no, everything is closed. Like, you know, this, you know, so, so he's like, oh God, what are we going to do? So as I'm driving, I'm remembering like about a quarter mile up the road, there's this McDonald's. So I was just like, <laughs> I got an idea. Just Wait, let me. <laughs> is this your coffee shop story yes. that you worked yeah. from? Don't bury the lead. <laughs> so I pull into, I basically like, I, I, I caught a patch of ice or slick roads pulling into the McDonald's. So like my back end like flared out. Like I definitely hit the median in the McDonald's parking lot. I don't think I damaged anything in the car, but I didn't really stop to look because you're just like, I got to get this out. People are getting their kids ready. They're going to be getting on the buses. Parents are going to be upset if we don't get this out. So like I run into the McDonald's. And the woman is basically like starting her like, welcome to McDonald's. How can I? And I was just like, what's your Wi-Fi? What's your Wi-Fi? I'm like out of breath, panting. And she's like, she goes, she goes, it's free. It's free. So I'm okay. Thanks. So I like, I run over to a booth and I open up the laptop and I'm starting to log in <laughs> and, and it's not connecting. And I'm like, I'm trying to like flag her down because now there's a line of people and I'm just yelling from the back of the McDonald's. I'm like, it's not connecting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like the manager has to come out and like you know, hooks me up on the, anyway. So the long story short, I suppose, is um, I finally get connected to the Wi-Fi. We get the announcement out there. Um, and then I had a cup of coffee and an egg McMuffin. So that was uh, as probably as close to it comes to working at a coffee shop for, for work purposes. But it's a very depressing location. So there you well, go. Well, I'm depressed just listening to this story. I mean, all of it. The snow, the driving in the snow, <laughs> the, the working in McDonald's, the being desperate to get the McDonald's Wi-Fi to work. Has it ever snowed in your in your neck of the woods? Does it snow down in that area? In Jacksonville area? Northern Florida. Um, supposedly flurries had been spotted before, but I've never seen them. Okay. I don't think anything ever hits the ground like and stays. Okay. Um, but I do not miss snow. Especially the yeah. the driving of the driving in the snow. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at that, but no, that was definitely as, as you know, from work purposes. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's as close as it gets. You need to get out more. 
you have said this in a number of ways over I mean, the- yes. Not, I mean, applying <laughs> to this situation and many other situations. <laughs> but see, this is actually one of those opportunities that I think I would like to, to, to be able to kind of do that. So what is it about like for you getting into a coffee shop? Because your Instagram stories obviously have a lot of detail placed on the area that you're at your in, taking photos of certain aspects of the of the the venue. Like what is it about working in coffee shops that kind of like motivates you and makes it enjoyable? I think um, I just need to switch it up every once in a while. When you're doing creative work, you need to be inspired by the stuff that's around you. And if you're looking at the same exact thing every day from the same perspective, then the creativity is stifled, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are, you know, because there are different working styles, there are creative people who thrive in being in environments that don't change. But I think that there are more of us who um, crave that switch up. So yeah, when I go to work in a coffee shop, yes, it is to do work. But like you said, I do inevitably end up making the experience an art form of it in itself, taking pictures of (laughs) what I'm eating and drinking of the environment. Um, what's the ratio breakdown of, of taking pictures to actually working? Uh, I'd say it's like 25% photos, scouting photos, taking photos, editing and posting photos. And then the other 75% is actually doing work. Do you even worry about like being looked at doing this stuff or is it just because everyone does this now? It, it really doesn't matter. I used matter. to, but yeah. Because I was like every, panicking every, when we were. Everyone does it. Oh, you I were panicking just... when we were taking photos together? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We I... were creating like a scene too because it was just <laughs> the two of us and we needed shots of us together. So we relied on my little, I had this like portable iPhone tripod thing that like yeah, attaches like wrap, wrap around or to attach, chairs. Yeah. So we were like moving furniture and <laughs> I, I didn't really feel like anyone batted an eye. Do you feel like I don't think they batted an eye in like judgment, but I certainly think that they were aware that something was going on. <laughs> and that's enough for me to be like, you know, uncomfortable. So that's why Steve looks so uptight in all of the photos. <laughs> I look great in the smile, but internally I'm just like, just take the picture. Just take the picture. <laughs> And it was not a quick process. Like you, like you, like line things up perfectly for like my individual shots, and then like of the the ones that I. Well, of course, but then like of the ones I took of you, I was just like, "That's good enough." All right, here we go, and then (laughs) you know, like they all came out fine. I thought they came out good. I mean, yeah, no, they did. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm gonna give you. (laughs) I didn't say I was a photographer, so. (laughs) Well, I'm not a photographer either. Yeah, but you got a design background, so you look for more things with you know lines and whatever. So yeah, all that, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. but I don't know when you. I know that you've mentioned one coffee shop that you go to all the time. If you're well, ever yeah. out of town, I know you don't go out of town very often, but when you go out of town, do you look for coffee shops to check out? Because that's always like. If I'm going to a new city, I like scout it out in advance. I want to find the coolest coffee shop in town. Yeah, I definitely don't go that deep into the wood and into the weeds um, on it, but I I will look for a, a place to get coffee. Um, 
but you know what's funny? It ends up being like it's a utilitarian McDonald's. decision. <laughs> right. It's like it's a Starbucks. It's I went to I went to Toronto and like of all the beautiful, you know, uh, places that they had in Toronto to eat and, uh, and get coffee in and whatnot. And it's not to say that I wasn't like tempted, but like I went to Tim Hortons, which if you're well, unfamiliar with what Tim Hortons is, it's it's a, a very, Canadian treasure. Yeah. And and everybody raves about the coffee and the donuts and the this and the that. So I felt like I had to give it. It's 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 just due. But um, yeah, it's more just like, where can I just get a cup of coffee? Like, and that's the funny thing. Like, I like our coffee shop that we have here in my hometown. Mm-hmm. My wife and I go there a lot. We love it. Um, but when I'm out in someone else, somewhere else, like I'm not looking for like that area's greatest coffee shop to, to kind of live in and, and, you know, work in or something. I'm just looking for a cup of coffee somewhere. Well, it's apparent who the real creative one is from this duo. C's get degrees. (laughs) Um, I want to go back to what you said before about taking photos in coffee shops. We talked about this a little bit on our episode with Kim. It was episode 17. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit in episode 17, and I don't even know how we got on this topic, but we were talking about how every venue essentially has been forced to up their game because so many people are out there taking photos and essentially like representing these these companies and these businesses. Right. When they post on social media. So I think part of the fun of it for me is seeing how cool these places can look. Yeah. And, and but that's become a normal part of society. Like I was at a um, I was at a conference a couple of days ago, a uh, 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 PD session that was put on by the Public Relations Society of America, the Albany chapter here. And one of the things that was being talked about was the concept of influencers and how there's a there was an article in the New York Times not too long ago about someone in in New York City who rents out her apartment uh, and and decorates it in these really beautiful ways, you know, and rents it out to influencers to come to her apartment and then use her apartment and the way she's laid everything out to showcase whatever it is they're being paid to promote or push out on social media. So if it's clothing or if it's, um, you know, um, exercise, you know, um, whatever it, it that is it's so basically, cool. well, see like, and the funny thing is, is that like half the room was like appalled by this because it was an ethical <laughs> thing. And the other half of the room, which I feel like was more of the the younger half of the room was just kind of like, yeah, that's kind of commonplace. Like this is what people are doing. This is what hustling is all about. It's finding ways to make money in unique ways that are not necessarily something that's mainstream. And, you know, I, it reminded me a little bit, I think we might have talked about this on one of the earlier episodes of that museum that was basically made for, you know, uh, taking selfies in that selfie museum. I don't know if it was in San Francisco. I can't recall now. I think somewhere in California that's really what it's become. You know, this is what we need to have now. This is how we, this is the lifeblood of our society is this social element and background and finding places and that, that actually lend themselves to that kind of that lifestyle is almost normal now. All right. So forgive me for being ignorant, but what wasn't ethical about what that person is doing? 
Um, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with that that crowd. I suppose you could sit there and say that she's making money off of someone else promoting a product that they may or may not be identifying themselves as a influencer for, you know, so it's a roundabout way of maybe doing something unethical. But then again, this is the same group. There was a woman in the group who was talking about if you're tweeting on behalf of a brand, you should sign all of your tweets with your initials so people know that it's it's a human and it's you and it's not the company like it was there was a lot of people kind of rolling their eyes at that you know okay it was me who was rolling his eyes but there were a lot of people <laughs> who were like you know in, in the room that were kind of like looking at each other like who at least work in that social digital field that were like no like that's that's not any way to build any kind of connection with your audience with these initials like it's cool when the president and the first lady do it like obama's you know the obamas used to do it because it's like oh yeah that's actually from them yeah but like you know nobody cares if i sign the tweet for capital region boces with sk they don't know who i am you yeah. know so you're not a personality no i'm not i'm not even verified so we know <laughs> almost, that. almost almost verified almost verified right you will get there one day. One of these days. Well, now you have good headshots. You're ready to yeah, go. Yeah, I've actually used a few of them on some of my social accounts. So, um, yeah. You're welcome. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> you mentioned uh, people signing their names on Twitter, like if they are tweeting on a on behalf of a company. Mm-hmm. To your knowledge, bots aren't used to post social messages, right? Like you can write them ahead of time and they could be posted automatically. But as far as the person who made the comment that said, let them know that there's a human who's tweeting, humans are always the one generating the text behind social media messages at this point, right? Uh, I've seen it be more, um, I see companies using and taking advantage more of bots in like messenger apps. Yeah. Um, and that's becoming more, more normal. Um, in terms of sending out tweets, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know the answer to that, whether or not that's something that is more through AI or if it's actually a human scheduling things out in, in advance. I tend to hear more about, um, the use of bots through like messenger apps more than mm-hmm. anything else, because it's that, that, um, customer, um, relations kind of dialogue. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on bots? I think there's more of a role for them in our society now than ever before, only because, right. It's the recognition of how we're using some of these messenger apps, um, to communicate with companies and brands. Um, you know, that was that whole piece about customer service that we were talking about. There's this element of, you know, we've kind of gone away from calling the number to wait on hold to get, you know, placed in connection with an operator to tell you, like, we expect instant gratification. So if we're having a problem with something, right, we tweet at the company, the company writes us back, we follow each other, and then we direct message one another. Like, that's become normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for companies to have, figured that out and invest in AI to be able to have that accurate dialogue with a, with a consumer that makes them a little bit more versatile and how they're able to handle that, that, um, problem. I think it's smart. I Mm -hmm. actually enjoy it for that, for that purpose. I had something happen to me back in December last year where we had our freezer 
break. Um, oh my goodness. How many things did you guys have break yeah. in the last year? Yeah, we've had a few things happen to us. <laughs> um, that I, I ended up trying to, um, call a call Sears cause that's where we had bought the thing from. And, um, they don't have a helpline that you can do it over the phone that you can't actually troubleshoot anything over the phone. Anything that you troubleshoot is through their website. Um, and I can't say for certain if it was a human or if it was a bot behind it, but, um, whatever the advice that I was given worked. And this was at one in the morning that this happened. Um, so, well, that's cool. you know, time saver. I'm surprised to hear that that is your opinion. I would have thought you would have been a little bit more, I don't know, old fashioned or annoyed, but I, I mean, I agree with you. If it's, if it's getting the job well, done, it's a good thing. Michelle, I'm going to be a father <laughs> and, you know, fathers have to be like a little bit more mellow about things and, you know, be patient and all those other things. So I'm just trying just oh, I'm trying glad I'll be to... able to reap the benefits of this. Well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not go that far. No, I actually I think if, if any I like anything that actually takes the audience's um expectations into consideration and then does something about it. Doesn't acknowledge that there are expectations, but this is what we have to deal with, so we just have to make it work. It's it's saying it's recognizing an opportunity. Like I even see it with these school pages that we manage on Facebook. I happen to manage a lot of them just in my role. And I've seen more people using the messenger feature to interact with the district this year alone. And it's still only October. Um, it'll be November when this episode comes out, uh, roughly, um, than I ever have. And I think it's just because this, this generation is now, social media, um, natives, they're Facebook natives that, I mean, they, 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 they grew up with this. They understand what this is like. So they're going to use these tools to meet the needs that they have and, and reach out and get answers. So I think I like companies that recognize that and say, we have to build an infrastructure here that's going to support that. Um, and I think that's something that it's inherent upon all of us to recognize what our customers are looking for, what they need and how can we best support that through what's available to us or what we can invest in um, to uh, make that connection that much stronger? I'm going to have to dig deep to find this. And I've probably posted this before on our site. But do you remember that article from like a long time ago that kind of talks about some of this? I think it was maybe more about customizing experiences um, but it was like a very long form oh, piece, piece yes. that came from Adobe. Yes. It was on this topic, right? Or yeah. it was somehow roped into it. All right. So there's a really great article. If you guys, you know, are into long form content, it's worth reading. We will include it in the show notes. And I think that it would provide you with some really good insights. Um, and I feel like if, if I had read it right before we came here, I could speak more on it. But it's been such a long time since I read it. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we can rediscuss it at a later point yeah for sure yeah what else do you want to talk about do you want to talk about halloween we can talk about halloween what, okay. what are some of your like halloween traditions or memories are you a, i don't even know about this about you are you a halloween guy you know i feel like i have a love-hate relationship with halloween um i think i loved it growing up i think i sort of hated it in like my late you know, when I was like sophomore, 
junior, senior in high school, you know, when you were a little bit too old to like be, be going out in costumes and things like that. And then I got into college and I was just like, yeah, love Halloween. It's great. And I was probably really cool about that up until, I don't know, maybe about like six years ago or so. Um, you know, when you were still doing like house parties with people and costume mm-hmm. parties and that was all great. And then you kind of look around, you're like, I'm 30 years old and I'm, you know, I'm sitting in a referee's uniform or whatever I'm wearing. <laughs> and it's just like, this is not really how I want to be spending my Saturday night. I'm sleeping in somebody's attic and I have a bed at home that I could, I could be in. And it's not something that appeals to me. So like, it's a little different now that I, 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 you know, I own a home and, and we actually have a number of trick-or-treaters who come to the door and, you know, it's a little bit more exciting. I'm not the most like, you know, my wife does most of the handing out of the candy because she's definitely the teacher and interacts well with the kids. And I'm mm-hmm. always just like, what are you supposed to be? I'm so <laughs> awkward. I'm so awkward. Um, so I like it. I'm okay with it now. I'm pretty cool with it now. It, it's always so you're neutral. Low- yeah. 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 I'm not dressing up anymore. You know, like that, that doesn't happen even on Halloween. Like I don't, you know, we have people at work who, you know, wear certain, I'm not, I'm not doing that. You so. don't even do the Jim Halpert. No, no, I don't. Three hole punch. Yeah. Speaking no. of which, I forgot to tell you this, um, but my friend Francesca, who I think listens to this show, told me that, so she's a teacher and she told me that she overheard a conversation by middle school guys talking about how all of them were going to be Jim Halpert's as all of his different Halloween costumes for Halloween. And I thought that like that was that. so cool. I like that. Yeah. On that's so many great, levels. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Love to see the office getting passed down to, yeah. to the younger people, fe- younger people. Um, now think back to all your Halloween costumes. You probably have gone as a number of things over the years. I have. Um, what do you feel like is the most, what would you say is your most creative costume of all time? Um, you know, I don't know that I was ever anything that was super creative. I think I was all name, all the generic <laughs> things. And those are the things that I was ghost hobo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did bring out, you know, my inner, old soul I was definitely like a um one of those little like 50s girls one year and then I was like a hippie oh, like, with, like the poodle one year. skirt yeah so I did the poodle okay. skirt thing one year I did the hippie thing probably for a couple years that's you know teenage that's kind of like an easy costume yeah. where like you I don't look as, like you're trying too hard yeah I went as a uh as a um army person for like three years in a row that was that was <laughs> easy solid yeah yeah that was that was all right. Um, yeah, nothing. I, I'm putting my creativity to shame. Never anything. I'm surprised so by creative. that. I thought you would have. I thought you would have come up with with some at least something that was. But you, you know, know what? I feel like I love. I love Halloween costumes. Like that is the aspect of Halloween. Like I'm not into any like this, you know, the spooky stuff or any of that. But I love the idea of putting together a costume or like pretending to be a character. Actually, all right. So this, I did think of one. This is probably what I think was like the most fun Halloween. This is not anything big, but uh, this is probably when Jimmy and I first started dating. We went with like Jimmy's best friend and his wife as like the Scooby-Doo characters. And I remember having so much fun putting together those costumes. And I was, um, is it Velma? Is she the one who like wears the glasses? I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So I was her and, you know, I... 
I didn't buy like a generic costume. I like went to Goodwill. I went through my closets. I remember I like she wears this kind of like red like mini skirt. Like I had like a tube top that I ended up wearing as like a skirt. So it was like really fun to like craft that costume. And I thought I looked good alone. But then once we all got together, it was like cool to see, you know, the yeah the final product. Yeah. Yeah. If I can find that picture somewhere, I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. You know, what's funny. We did something similar when we were in college. Um, a group of us went as the cast of Anchorman. And, oh, that's uh, a good one. And yeah. And we we spent like multiple days like <laughs> at multiple Goodwills in the area, like combing through to try to find the most accurate um, portrayals of these costumes. And, um, we got pretty close. We got, we got pretty close. Um, I mean, we were down to like the jazz flute that he had. You know, I went as, as, as Ron Burgundy. So I had like, the, I had like the jazz flute, um, the, 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 the turtleneck with the blazer and the slacks and, and a wig. And, um, the funny thing was me and my buddy, Travis, Travis went as, as Brian Fantana and we both had fake mustaches on. Uh, and what we realized was as the night was going on, we really couldn't drink out of the bottle <laughs> and keep the mustaches on. So like we were drinking through straws for half the night out of out of bottles or out of glasses or whatever was laying uh, around. So like beer out of a straw. That was a good one, though. Like when we all kind of came together, um, we had a dead ringer uh, for for champ kind. Uh, that was I'm talking like looked just like him, um, a kid that that went to St. Rose with us. So that was. Did you just recruit him, or were you friends with him? We were friends with him, but but <laughs> he was a year older than we were. So like he wasn't like always in our circle, but we knew we needed him to pull off the look. So like we just we said, "Do you want in?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he he hung out with us all night, and that was uh, that was really good. Um couple of years later, uh, Rachel and I went, um, to a Halloween costume party. Um, we went, okay, so I'm going to describe to you what we were wearing and then you can tell me what you think it was. Okay. We were wearing, um, white t-shirts with the letter P on them. And we had like, you see like baseball players where they wear like the, um, uh, the, um, the eye black under their eyes. Yeah. Oh, I so know exactly got... what you are, but what you were, but only because of my friend Lauren, who is the queen of the punny costumes, and we will definitely yeah. link to her site. You guys were the Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. That's right. <laughs> that's fun. That was actually one of my like. That's about as creative as I can get when it comes to like a costume. Uh, that was pretty good. I felt pretty good about that one. That's awesome. By the way, are we are we releasing this? Next Tuesday is, are we releasing this the day before Halloween? Yeah. Oh, good. All right. So I, I was like, we're talking too much about Halloween and everyone's going to be moved on to Christmas. All right. So this will be timely. Hopefully you yes. guys will listen to this the day before or maybe on Halloween. Yeah. If you want to celebrate by listening to a podcast. Yeah. Um, But yeah, my friend Lauren from the Thinking Closet every year puts together these epic Halloween costumes and they're usually very punny in nature and I'm dying to see what she comes up with this year. Supposedly she's releasing it soon but last year I forget how this was punny but they they did like Stranger Things and she and her husband wore like the Christmas lights and then her daughter was um what's the little girl's name I forget. Eleven? 
11. Her daughter, her daughter, who is like two, dressed up as 11. And yeah, they're they're constantly like if you ever look on BuzzFeed or, you know, these sites that have punny Halloween costumes, they're they're always featured in them. Yeah. Are they really? Oh, yeah. She's kind of like famous. Like I remember one day, Jimmy, Jimmy is like the clickbait. Uh, target, I guess. Like he clicks on every piece of clickbait. It's the Michael Scott, the king of forwards. <laughs> yeah. So he came across something and he's like, that's Lauren and Mark. So that he, you know, now thinks that's that they're great. famous. That's great. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if I have too many. I saw last year we had some people come to the house and like those actual like blow up dinosaur costumes, you know, the ones that has like the motor inside of it. So it like it inflates. <laughs> So like we and we live on a hill. So like these dinosaurs are like running up the hill. It was terrifying. It was like a scene out of Jurassic Park. Oh, my goodness. Did you get like a video or anything? I have a really funny shot. I see if I can send you the photo. I have a really funny photo of Rachel handing out the candy and like all three of them are like towering over her. I feel like I remember seeing this last year now that you're saying it. It was definitely on the social medias um, making its rounds. But yeah, no, that was um that was very funny. I just happened to be at the right place in the house when they came to the door and I was just like, holy smokes, this is too good to pass up. So yeah. Um, but definitely like a love hate relationship, but I'm pretty cool with it right now. I'm okay with it. I still have one costume that I'm dying to do. I really want to dress up as like the, my cousin Vinny characters. And I want to be able, I like, I want to dress up as Marissa Tomei, but not like the leather jacket like I want to find that like horrible looking floral one piece jumpsuit that she wears yeah oh I just feel like that would be such a fun costume yeah a couple of utes yeah two utes so that's a dream of mine I haven't I've also not been to a costume party or slept in an attic in many years (laughs) you know it's very depressing so I try to avoid that after a while you know, it's cool, like in the night at night and then you wake up in the morning and you're just like, I don't, I could want, I'd want to be any place than where I am right now. I'd rather be anywhere else. So do you have a piece of glitter on your chin? I hope not. <laughs> you're so suspicious of glitter. I'm, I'm really sure that I saw something. <laughs> I don't see any. There was a speck of something. <laughs> I know I saw something. <laughs> Shield your eyes. It does annoy me, like <laughs> cards with glitter on them. We've talked about this, but like it's inexcusable to go to like a Hallmark store and shop for a card and look like you just came from a strip club. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, it's not a good idea for the greeting card industry to keep doing this. It has to stop. I've made the mistake of buying glitter wrapping paper before. Mm. I mean, I like glitter, but that's a nightmare. You can't get it off of you. No, no. It's like the herpes of craft supplies. Like you, it just doesn't go away. It's everywhere. It's on your clothes. Right. You wash them. It's still there. Yeah. I remember like when I bought this glitter wrapping paper, which is a huge mistake, like not being able to get it out of the rug. Yeah. My dad told me a story once. It wasn't glitter. It was confetti, (laughs) but 
they had a New Year's Eve party back in, I don't know, 1975. I don't know what the hell it was. But they were in the basement of my my grandparents' house and they had a bunch of people over and, you know, the, the ball dropped and everybody threw confetti and whatnot. And my dad was just like, he goes, so part of the the, the agreement with, with, with the grandparents was like we had to clean up afterwards. So the next morning we were cleaning up whatever. He goes, Steve, he goes, I'd go down there. You know, I went down there six, eight months later. He goes, I'm still finding confetti all over the place. He goes, just never, never throw confetti to anybody. So this is where you got this from? It's probably subliminally somewhere in there. Um, I always think that that's like one of the, one of the more like cruel things that you could do to somebody, um, is, is like send them a card and fill it with like glitter. And then when they open it up, it just goes all over the place. Like if you really don't like someone, I think that's something that you do. I had, I, I debated doing it to an old landlord, uh, after we moved out cause we had a really bad relationship with her and, um, my conscience won out and I decided not to do it. But I always thought that that would be a good you know, yeah, revenge it's tactic. It's not so mean. I mean, it's they don't it's, know. They they think it's, it's very mean, it, but it's also glitter. So that's some people think glitter is awesome, right? So let's bring this back around. Yes, please. Over, <laughs> over the summer, uh, our friend Shane Haggerty interviewed you on his podcast called called the Breaker Society episode. It doesn't five. matter. Just the Breaker Society. It's probably the most downloaded episode of all time. Probably. But let's just go with that. (laughs) So if you guys want to look for Steve's episode, you can hear him being on the other side of the mic. We'll put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. I feel like we probably should have done that already. Maybe we did. but I think we tweeted it out. but We'll put it back in the show notes. Anyway, during this interview, Shane asked you, what would happen if we saw each other after 14 years? if we would lose the magic and if we would continue to do the podcast. I mean, obviously we're here. I think clearly based on this episode, we've lost the magic. Although maybe the magic is legitimately gone. I didn't think so until we started recording. Damn it, Shane. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I said to him on the show that I thought, uh, I thought it would ruin everything forever. I think that part of what made it work was, is that we didn't really have that kind of like, FaceTime at one another. So everything was like, I feel like the relationship that we have for this, this endeavor, like we have to work a lot harder than I think people who get to like see each other regularly and record face to face regularly, because a lot of it is through text. And I know that's very mainstream and in, in, in our society, I, you know, but it's when you're texting back and forth about ideas and thoughts and concepts, like you really have to know the person and the person really has to know you to know like what you're saying exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing gets lost in translation. And I always, and I still feel that way that, um, we have that basis in our relationship to be able to do that. Um, so I always felt like if we like ever lived in the same area and we just were just like, you know what, we're going to do this, you know, one-on-one now that somehow it would get lost. Like somehow there would be some kind of like creative decisions that were made and I would disagree and the whole thing would go off. Creative differences. Really? Yeah. I think that would, that would, that would probably, it would be like the Beatles. It would probably be like the Beatles. Oh yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I can see that being an actual reality. Um, so I stand corrected. I don't (laughs) think it is going to ruin anything. Um, I, uh, I, I think it only served to uh, uh, make this this podcast and this endeavor a lot more fun and, and worthwhile. And at least we got better photos out of it, if anything. 
Yeah. We may yeah. stop recording, but we'll still keep posting photos. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at pod for creatives and let us know what stood out to you. Let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's something that I want to improve. <laughs> come up with another topic <laughs> i thought of that briefly when we were first talking about the coffee house piece and i was like oh i'm gonna circle back to that that'll be good and no. but it dawned on me i don't like, really have anything else to say other than i right. feel like a crazy person right now are we Slump keeping work. this in we don't have to <laughs> this might be after the pod content it might not even make it no it's called post pod by the way get it Sorry. right Sorry.